0: I believe that a great teacher can change the world. You do it one child, one school, and one community at a time. A teacher is a positive ripple. You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively,
1: and authentic learning. Welcome. This is your host, Christy Hemingway, and today we're going to hear from Angela Mangum. Angela called into the podcast today from Creedmoor, North Carolina, just north of Raleigh, and she has been a teacher for 26 years, teaching in both public schools and privately. She started out in middle school as a chorus and general music teacher, and then transitioned to elementary school, where she spent 19 years We can assume that Angela knows her way around a classroom and has seen a lot when it comes to kids and music. She says she stayed because she fell in love. I just fell in
0: love with it.
1: Why did you fall in love with it? What do you love about teaching and music and kids?
0: I believe that a great teacher can change the world. You do it one child, one school, and one community at a time. A teacher is a positive ripple. You can encourage, grow, and inspire children. As an elementary educator, I had six years to make an impact on each life. When my students would take the stage, whether as a soloist in talent show or in the choir in front of thousands at the Durham Bulls ballpark, they knew that I was there with them. I was there to guide them through success and build forever memories.
1: That's lovely. So you, at some point in your career, I think probably when you were teaching elementary school, you encountered a resource that you said to me in an email, you shared with me that it really changed your practice and your whole approach to teaching music. And so tell us what that resource is.
0: Yes. So... I first met Graham Hepburn, who is the co-founder and vice president of Quaver Music, and learned about Quaver Music at our North Carolina Music Educators Association staff development conference about eight years ago. I attended his session on improvisation, and I was totally fascinated. He took a group of tired, hungry music educators who did not know each other, and we're packed into a small room and turned us into a joy-filled group of musical risk takers. He had us moving, singing, laughing, and creating music in a matter of minutes. And I instantly knew that I wanted to have that type of impact on my students.
1: That sounds amazing. So can you break that down a little bit for us and tell us what it was that Graham did? that What kind of magic he did to bring that about?
0: Yeah, he did not start of a list of this is what we are going to do today, blah, 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 blah. He just started with joy, with fun. He played his piano while he sang, My Bonnie Bonnie Lives Over the Ocean. (laughs) And every time you said a word that started with the letter B, you had to change your level from sitting to standing or standing to sitting. And while we were singing... We got all mixed match. Some of us were up, some of us were down. We were laughing and looking at each other, not knowing who exactly was right, who was wrong. And then we realized just didn't matter. And he used that to get rid of anxiety and make us just totally get rid of our inhibitions. Mm -hmm. And then we dug into creating music and improvisation. So most of the time when I see... Improvisation taught, it's always like, all right, you're going to do improvisation for four beats or 16 beats, and then the next student's going to do improvisation, and we come together. Then your turn, then your turn. It's very prescribed. And there's no excitement, there's no joy, there's no wow. And we tried things that most people aren't comfortable doing which is doing improvisation in front of others mm-hmm. including strangers.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking I know if I was a teacher listening to this I would be thinking yes I've been to workshops like that where the presenter was amazing and the presenter was able to make me feel things and do things and wonder about things that I wouldn't but but it was because of him. And so I'm curious how you were able to take that and make that happen in your classroom without Graham there.
0: Yes, ma'am. So one thing that's really neat is Graham stars in a set of videos that teachers can use in Quaver. It's called the Quaver Essentials. And he stars in videos on particular subjects. Teachers can choose to use them or choose not to use them in the classroom. It's just one part of this humongous resource that they have. There's a whole team that work together mm-hmm. and music history. So I'll start with music history because music history doesn't matter if I'm if I have to teach an eighth grader music history or if I'm teaching music history to a kindergarten student. Music history by definition is kind of dry. Mm-hmm history can be very dry there is nothing dry about Graham's and quavers showing of music history you will be laughing smiling and engaged when looking at these music videos I stopped the video for example when we are doing the baroque time period he could they could say the music was very fancy that is not how he says Music is very fancy. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to discuss the music terms, such as trills and turns. But we can put that into a song, such as Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and teach these fancy ornaments that are part of the Baroque time period. And now I have kindergarten and first graders learning about... Trills and turns that I didn't even learn about until I got to college. Yes,
1: I was just gonna say that's very advanced, <laughs> right?
0: And they're they're engaged with it, they're excited about it, and then they do improv with it in the classroom, which is nothing. I never would have tried something like that before Quaver. I never would have had a thought to teach my My kindergarten to first graders about trills and turns and ask them to do improv. And it's so fun. And then they're like, history becomes alive. They're connected to it. They want to know more about the Baroque period because we're all having so much fun.
1: That sounds amazing. So, paint a little bit of a picture for us about what your classroom looked like or a typical day in your classroom prior to Quaver. What did you do before you had this resource and how did things change?
0: All right. So I'm a composition major, composition and voice. That is one of my strengths. When I was working with composition prior to Quaver,
1: Angela told the story here of passing out large index cards and crayons so students could compose their own colorful rhythm patterns in small groups. They played these combined with other rhythms as a whole class on rhythm instruments. To me, this sounded really cool.
0: We had some words we added to it and had fun. And that is what I thought the epitome of composing with a second grader would look like.
1: Mm-hmm. I and mean, that it's... does sound really impressive, honestly, to me, I have to say.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we enjoyed it, but Quaver took it to... A whole new, just like the song, a whole new world. Mm-hmm. It really was okay. <laughs> a whole new world. I would love to tell you about some of the composition tools that we've used with Quaver. Is that yes, okay? Please. Yes, please. Yeah. So with the backbeat, my students could create, well, they could create many, many measures, but I have my second graders create eight measures of rhythm patterns and there were multiple layers of instruments. And with the classic backbeat, they could choose from 62 different instruments for all of these layers. So it wasn't just like having access to like my maraca or my tambourine. They have a whole library in the kit lab. And the children, I mean, their eyes were just, oh my goodness, they were so excited. And there's a whole group of Latin instruments in there, the the bongos and the claves. And the kids were like, this is great. It was like when it comes to creativity, you know, the sky's
1: the limit. <laughs> I'm guessing the level of engagement and excitement in your classroom increased when you started using Craver
0: It certainly did. And the, the fact that they could download their compositions and Quaver even has this online platform where you can enter competitions. So when they created something, they could enter it in a competition and they even can select which level of competition they wanted to compete with. Mm -hmm. Do you want to compete in a three person competition, a six person competition or a 12 person competition? And each time the reward Gets better, yeah. (laughs) And I think the other side of that is the fact that those contests were judged by peers from all over the world. So the students actually can log in to rate competitions, so they learn evaluation skills. Also,
1: yeah. Is it necessary for teachers to have one-to-one technology available for their students in order to use Quaver?
0: Absolutely not. So here in North Carolina, we have a lot of one-to-one tech. But no, the first years I used Quaver, I just had just my one laptop in the front of the classroom hooked up to the smart board.
1: And it works fine that way.
0: Quaver has, it just continues to grow. Mm -hmm. And now the students are empowered with their own accounts. So I actually can send supplemental work to their accounts. They can open up that, those resources anytime, and it's a two-way street. I can send them an assignment just as a resource to look at, or mm-hmm. I can send them something with an activity to complete or a test. I get the feedback back into my teacher admin area where my gradebook is, and it's, it's a total interactive gradebook. So, for example, if I send a student record screen to a student, They can record themselves singing a song or playing their instrument, and then it shows up in my gradebook, and I can open up their video. I can also download their video. I can send them feedback about their performance or about any of the work that I've sent to their account.
1: It sounds like there are a lot of tools and resources available through Quaver, and I'm wondering, as a teacher, how long it took you to become really proficient In using all of that, because I know for many of my years in the classroom, we would get handed some big stack of stuff at the beginning of the year, and it was kind of up to us to figure it out and implement it. And as you and I were saying before I hit record a few minutes ago, a lot of times that stuff ends up on a shelf somewhere. So how easy is it to become a proficient user of Quaver and how much support did you get from Quaver in getting better and better at using their resource?
0: So when I first started with Quaver, the curriculum was on a pack of DVDs. And so it was, you know, put the DVD in, watch the DVD. And then the other side of Quaver was all geared for students. It's called Quaver Street. And that is where some of the creatives, such as Songbrush, where they can paint music, or as I mentioned, Backbeat, and the Metro, that was really quick to learn because it's instantly engaging. They also have little help buttons on each screen, <laughs> so if you're like, "What do I do here?" hit the help button, and oh, it's
1: right gosh. there. Oh gosh, yeah, that's great. So yeah, no, the help instant- button because is- it's horrible when you're in front of a class and you don't have time to call tech support. Emily, who is the lead teacher
0: trainer for Quaver, she has these wonderful videos embedded in there. So she'll just talk you right through anything you need mm-hmm. to know.
1: Do they break um, it down for you pretty easily? Like give you a place that says, start here, or
0: this is your first <laughs> yes, uh, your
1: first day with Quaver?
0: Yes, ma'am. So Thank that you. would be the Quaver curriculum. It is organized by grade, by nine weeks, and then by each lesson, So it's, for example, if I pull up kindergarten lessons one through nine, I've got my first three lessons organized in the beat module, my next three in the voice module, my next three in the rhythm module. Part of this, once I pull open a pre-made lesson, I have access to the overview, the objectives, the digital lesson plan, any worksheets, and I can flip through it or I can totally customize it I can take out screens and that digital lesson plan is there to help for example teachers who are just out of college for teachers who are changing areas for example we have many band directors who have taught middle and high school for 20 25 years then they find themselves in an elementary classroom they're like how do I teach kindergarten You know, they know everything about music, but how do you teach a (laughs) five-year-old?
1: So it almost sounds foolproof, which is a horrible way to say it because teachers are (laughs) constant professionals and, you know, but they don't have, they're busy relating to and teaching their kids and they shouldn't have to be thinking about content all the time. So it's great that they can just use a really high quality resource That steps them through because then they can just be focused on their kiddos.
0: Yes, ma'am. And especially if they are like a lateral
1: entry teacher. Talk to us about a student. Give us a success story of a student that this really brought that kid alive or it really changed their experience in some way. Music
0: classes usually have an abundance of interaction, movement, expression, and overt responses. But what does that mean if a child's learning style is intrapersonal, where they need to be inside themselves? And there was a student that I had who struggled first grade, second grade, third grade. So I'm going to call him Joe. Okay, call him Joe. And (laughs) We're going to call him Joe. (laughs) When
1: you say struggle, unpack that a little bit for us.
0: The thought of playing his recorder was filled with so much anxiety and negative emotion, he would prefer to take his recorder and whack it on the music stand so that he could go to the office where he did not have to be in the classroom. Mm -hmm. 99.5% of my students love playing instruments. It's so exciting. But playing the guitar with the guitar in his hand almost went into a fetal position of Bless fear. His
1: heart. Oh my gosh.
0: And so it was a struggle for years. Now, what happens when empowered by Quaver's creatives, that Joe actually became a leader in his classroom with music technology? Because through Backbeat, he was able to compose and interact with his rhythm patterns. He could explore his tone colors. He manipulated texture and tempo with an intrapersonal friendly resource. He had his headphones on, he had his laptop, and he was able to channel his skills and his creativity into music through an individually constructed response, which is the strength of a student with an intrapersonal strength.
1: Because he didn't but have to do it in front of anyone. Was that correct. the key for him? Okay.
0: Correct. And he was able to reach his music goals, but it wasn't playing a live instrument in group instruction.
1: So this is really interesting because I never really thought about this not being a music teacher, but the whole idea of differentiating instruction for music, it seems to me like that would be a particular challenge. I've observed music classes, and it doesn't seem like there are a lot of ways to really differentiate that instruction. Like we're all playing together or we're all singing together, but it sounds like this gives a tool that can be done very easily.
0: And it even worked with the guitar because Quaver has what's called Q strum. So even though putting a real guitar in his hands and trying to show them, teach those chord progressions, may put this child in a fetal position, but yet he composed a piece for guitar with the chord progressions and felt great about it. So having different ways to engage is usually what brings all children to success. What I hear other teachers also saying, especially during COVID, they have been surprised that some of the students who did not do so well in the classroom are doing extra during this time period because they are loving this one-to-one engagement with tech.
1: Well, and music is also such an outlet. We know this. My husband worked as a music therapist for many years. He's a professional musician. And we know that music has a very therapeutic quality. So I'm not surprised that kids are wanting to just spend more time in that space during this stressful time.
0: Yeah. You know, it brings you joy. And we Mm -hmm. need more joy. (laughs) They can take any subject and turn it into a song that reaches your heart. I do have to say, when we switched over to instead of like having quaver sometime, to having quaver probably 65% of the time in the classroom. That was the first time a child came up to me and hugged me and said, thank you for teaching this to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. You live for those moments as a teacher, don't you?
0: Absolutely. And I think the one particular class that had the greatest growth were my special learners, my self-contained classes. Oh, wow. There were so many different ways to engage my special learners with Quaver. There are some wonderful counting songs. As I already mentioned, they have lots with nature. For example, songs about frogs and dogs and horses and cows. And those were images that connected with them. And because I have the Quaver screen running behind me, that allows me freedom to go from student to student with manipulatives, whether we're using scarves, or beanbags to feel the beat, but it allowed me to be in more than one place at the same time. There's a piece that Quaver has that's called A Superhero. I'm a superhero. And you know, here I am with a group of students. I would say one third, one fourth or one third of them are in wheelchairs. We have students who are nonverbal, students with limited verbal. And when we got to the superhero song. It, it just connected with them. The lesson is talking about high and low. And, you know, we were flying our hands up high and hands down low. But I grabbed, I have some large colorful scarves. Well, we put those on as capes. And the kids were loving being a superhero. And they're increasing their level of speaking and singing because it means so much to them. What really got me besides all of the smiles and all of the joy and every week, can we do Superhero Kid again? Is that when I came back to the school the following year, because I had retired, but when I came back as a substitute, that class had I'm a Superhero on their door as the theme for the year. Oh, wow. That's so fun. The teachers told me that that song, meant so much to them because they had never had that image of themselves being superheroes before. And so they could build on that theme. Okay, you're a superhero. Let's do this. You're a superhero. Let's try this. And just driving that energy to be a risk taker yes yeah you can be a risk taker too that you changes can to- the
1: kids whole mindset right yes. it, it yes, ma'am. gives them this growth mindset that carol Dweck talks about it gives them that sense of identity of seeing themselves in a whole new way that's huge yes ma'am. it, it was that huge. affects everything and
0: the neat thing with the quaver program is that i could create accounts for those teachers. Mm-hmm. So not only could I create a student account, but I could create them for the teachers so the teachers back in the classroom could pull up songs.
1: Well, so that was my next question, is who should check this out? It's not just elementary music educators. Who can use Quaver? Wow, everyone. <laughs> mm. So what
0: grade levels and yeah, what content areas? So pre-K, the curriculum is designed pre-K through eighth grade.
1: So any teacher could incorporate some of these musical elements into their regular classroom instruction, even if their music teacher isn't using Quaver, it sounds like.
0: With the Quaver Music License, you can have more than one teacher account. I believe it's up to four. And then there's lots of student accounts. So for example, I can have a, an account for myself if the PE teacher wanted to use, there's lots of movement videos in here. There are resources in here that are multilingual. So we have lots of Spanish pieces in here that mm-hmm. kind of reinforce. That was very helpful to me for students who were coming into my classroom with absolutely no English. And that they were having a hard time in their regular classroom, and the teachers are like, Well, I don't know what to do, they don't speak any English. I'm like, give it to me. <laughs> oh. I gotcha. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make some connections from the very beginning. And all of a sudden you have you have these little kiddos smiling and singing, and you know that their year's gonna be okay.
1: So we clarified this with Quaver. Quaver music resources are sold as a school-based license which means that the resources are licensed to one or more music teachers at a school and include unlimited access for all students in the school. And these free student accounts have been a huge benefit as students are learning remotely and in hybrid learning environments this year. The cool thing is that the music teachers can create student accounts for regular classroom teachers and then distribute content for them just like they would to a student. And this enables those classroom teachers to use things like the hello song or the superhero song or the multilingual songs for their English learners.
0: I'd like to mention there is an area of the Quaver curriculum and it's a whole area of professional development. So as I had mentioned, there's little help buttons. Well, this is a whole area of the site where you can learn how to do everything in Quaver. And it's broken down into little nuggets. So whether you are you want to learn about how to use the teacher administration section, or if you want to learn how to use the class play, which is class play is kind of like souped up iTunes. It has lots of songs, and it also has interactive scores and lyrics and printable music for ukuleles and lead sheets and piano and support interactive screens.
1: Well, and you're a private music teacher now and you're still using it. So yes, you're not ma'am.
0: in the classroom anymore. One of the, the student account, the fact that students can have accounts, teachers have the power to send a particular assignment that's either a Quaver made assignment or something that they design themselves. And you can send it to a school You can send it to a class or you can send it to a child.
1: Angela, is there anything you'd like to say to the designers and developers of Quaver, those Quaver folks who have provided this amazing resource?
0: Absolutely. I would love to tell them that I love what they have done with this Quaver curriculum. It is such a great resource for teachers and especially new teachers, setting them up for success. So, they have an online, so ORF instruments are those xylophones yeah. and metallophones. And if you're shopping in a music catalog, you will find that they cost, you know, $300, $600, $800 for one. Well, Quaver gives each child a library of them. <laughs> so they're digital, but if I had to buy that, it'd be like $3,000 yeah. per child to mm-hmm. give them that <laughs> instrument. I'm like, No way. They have a digital ORF library. That in itself. Wow.
1: And there's enough for the whole school because (laughs) once you have the license, (laughs) all the kids have access. Yes, we could actually have 350 xylophones going at once. (laughs) So, so amazing. So, I mean, you know, as a music teacher and many of us know and believe music really can change the world. I remember hearing, maybe it was a TED Talk about an organization called Vox, where they've done a lot of studies about what happens when people sing together, what happens biochemically in our bodies, and how our heart rates start to sink. Can you imagine if the United Nations would just sing together before having their meetings? Or Congress, if we could get Congress to just start singing together and sync up their heartbeats and kind of get on the same energetic wavelength. Okay, so I don't want to steer you wrong because this is important. So I look back and it was not a TED talk, although there should probably be one. It was the Robcast, a podcast hosted by Rob Bell, where I learned about Davin Young and his amazing work. It's episode number 140 if you're interested. Also, it's not Vox, it's Voxus, V-O-X-U-S. So seriously, do yourself a huge favor and go straight to voxesexperience.com to see the magic of uniting our voices. Really, do it now. You'll be flooded with joy, and you will want to hire them for your next district board meeting. We know that music has this power. So being able yes. to bring these musical resources into every single classroom—not just music, but to make your whole day—and
0: quaver. Has partnered with us at NCMEA and with NAFME, our national organization, to provide resources for Music in Our Schools Month for the last few years. So, what that is, what you just said, is yeah. what we try to do. It is what you're trying to do. <laughs> we try to connect the world. Yeah. <laughs> Quaver gives the license with the Quaver license that you can post. They're like if you do a virtual choir or even not a virtual performance, but an in-person performance, they'll let you post it. For a teacher, that is huge. Usually you have your performance at the school and that's the end. There's no one else you can inspire because mm-hmm. of copyrights. Well, Quaver, they want you to share. They want you to have an impact. They want you to show your creativity to inspire other teachers so they can inspire their kids and do exactly what you just said is get everyone singing
1: these wonderful songs. I feel like we should end this podcast with a song. I really want to thank you, Angela, for coming on the podcast and sharing your obvious passion for music, for students, and for quaver and all of the good work that they are doing in the world it's been such a pleasure to have you
0: well thank you so much for inviting me and i would love to end with a song yes (laughs) because it just it just fits so this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine
1: let it shine Thank you so much, Angela. And for our listeners, you can connect with Quaver Education. They have Quaver Music, Quaver Social Emotional Learning, and Quaver Pre-K on the Ed Curation platform. Just put Quaver in the search bar and you can connect with a representative of Quaver Education and you can get plugged in to let your light shine.
0: Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out edcuration.com to find out more. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N dot com.